Well, good morning, friends. It is uh, with great joy that I can be with you today. Uh, just walking in here and greeting a number of you, uh, just very exciting. And uh, you all see me right now, but I'm just looking to see people, and uh, this is good. So uh, before the prayer and scripture reading, I just have a few photos to share with you. I shared these at the Timothy Christian Middle School and High School Chapel. Uh, I've just selected some, but I wanted to uh, just uh, share with you a little bit about what it's like for Jeannie and I to live in Thailand. So uh, you know you're in Asia when uh, a boy brings this for lunch. Uh, our school actually provides lunch for us every day. It's a little mini buffet of Thai Chinese food. Wednesday is American food day. Uh, that's very popular. Uh, but anyway, boy brought this for lunch one day. And uh, these are the snacks uh, high school students will have during break time. Uh, on the left is a squid snack, and on the right is shrimp-flavored chips. Uh, here's a boy eating corn while he's studying U.S. history. So, uh, Giordano is a clothing brand, not a pizza place. Uh, this is the entirety of the cough and cold section at the, uh, the drugstore. Uh, whereas in America, it's a huge, uh, expansive aisle. Uh, instead of tennis rackets in the sporting goods store, we have badminton rackets. Uh, and instead of a cereal aisle, we have a noodle aisle. Uh, our grocery store is very modern looking. I mean, it looks just like a store here, except just different uh, amounts of different types of food. Uh, and then uh, the fish, again, with the heads on, this is a... Uh, something people like there. Uh, when I first was throwing away my trash in the condo, I put my recycle in the green bin. I just thought this is what you do. And then I looked closer at the little uh, icons there and I see the green is for fish bones and fruit and vegetable waste. And yellow is the recycle. And uh, then I just stayed away from that red bin. I didn't touch it, didn't look at it. I was like, ah, okay. I'm like, why is that even there? This is scary. Anyway. Uh, Somebody gave us this to eat, boiled chicken feet. Um, I'm an adventuresome eater, but not this adventuresome. Uh, so on the, on the right there, I am eating chicken feet. But, well, it's kind of if you nibble on it, it's fried. That's fine. And uh, lots of seafood. And in addition to shrimp, you also have prawn as well. Uh, this is... Uh, the grocery store is not like this, but there are some open-air markets where they just have piles of meat and different types of meat that you wouldn't think of. So a picture of that. Uh, this is in the grocery store, a pork skin, and uh, exotic fruit in Thailand, of course. Uh, this is a, a, a festival where lots of people gather, kind of like the U.S., where there are food booths. Uh, the only difference is the U.S. has very good food and it's very expensive. Thailand, very good food and very inexpensive. Uh, this is the weather the week before I left to come here. And uh, when Jeannie and I return, uh, coming this Thursday, it will be the same. High in the 90s, low in the, in the middle, middle 70s. Uh, it's humid, but not as humid as a Chicago humid. Uh, this is our Wi-Fi Bill, I just show you that because it's a whole $12 a month. Uh, cell phone for each of us is $4.50 a month. So uh, anyway, uh, the Chicago Bulls is 
by far and away the most popular basketball team and the most popular uh, baseball team are the Yankees. And this person managed to get both logos on the same hat. And then they slapped a NFL logo on the side as well. It's like, wow. Uh, this is our basketball team at a competition, and that's our coach. Oh, I like that. Chicago Bulls jersey. Um, on the left is the biggest ripoff in Thailand. That's an 11-ounce box of cocoa pebbles for $9 U.S. dollars. Uh, on the right, that green part is called the Green Lung of Bangkok. Not, not a lot of buildings and uh, a lot of trees. And uh, down below, do you see that blue dot? That's where we live. And uh, so uh, Jeannie had to leave earlier before me, so one day I took train, taxi, ferry across the river, and rented a bike. Okay, then reversed that, turned in the bike, ferry, taxi, train back, and that cost me $5. I'm like, wow. So I was planning on a date for when we get back and we can uh, do this together. Uh, most popular stores in Thailand, uh, 7-Eleven and KFC, hands down, you see these all over the place. Um, also, McDonald's, Auntie Anne's, Starbucks, McDonald's, Auntie Anne's, a little cheaper than here. Starbucks, no cheaper than here. Uh, my favorite store in Thailand uh, is Dairy Queen. Like, I don't go to Dairy Queen here, but there, I just have this craving for a blizzard. I don't know. So, anyway, uh, that's me hanging out with some trees. Uh, next. Uh, and then this is our Thanksgiving tree at the school, and we put post-it notes of what we were thankful for on the tree. I was very excited to see it. Um, the school, uh, many of you have seen the next picture. Uh, kindergarten is on the first floor. Primary, that's what we call elementary school, second floor, and middle school, second floor. Third floor is high school. Fourth floor, uh, computer lab, art, and music room. And then the fifth floor, way at the top there, is the gym and maybe two gyms, and uh, that can't be air-conditioned, so it's kind of that uh, kind of chain uh, uh, there instead of glass to get a, a cross vent going in there. Um, next, uh, on the back side of the school is a playground. Uh, one day I was doing playground supervision, and a boy, little boy walked up to me, very serious, and he said, what happened to Google? And I was like, oh my, this is huge. Did Google go down in Thailand? Is my email, what's going on? And I kept talking to the boy, and I finally realized there is a Thai boy named Google. <laughs> oh, and Deer was running down the hall, hit Google, and knocked him offline. And so, anyway, uh, there was a Chinese boy named Deer, hit Google, and this was an education for me. Anyway. Uh, email is not used. It is a South popular Southeast Asia app. So texting, uh, our health insurance guy texting, all business stuff, this. The church uses Line. Teachers use Line. There's groups in Line. Send documents through Line. So it took me a little getting used to that. Uh, and then this is picture out. This is me and uh, the first graders. Uh, next. Uh, that's my classroom. Uh, there's no air conditioning in the halls of the bathrooms, but all of the classrooms, cafeteria, has uh, air conditioning. And that's my 10th uh, grade class there. 
um, all Chinese students. Uh, because you're an international school, sometimes visas don't work out correctly. So uh, two uh, girls, they arrived later just because of visa issues, uh, Bella on the left and Ellie on the right. Uh, and then this is middle school chapel, right before we started. Um, all students, uh, not all, but most students have English names. So they have a Chinese name or a Thai name and then an English name. Uh, here we have Bob. I don't know how he chose Bob, but I like it a lot. And Bob brought a beetle to chapel. And uh, I was like, this is actually kind of a cool moment. Bob, can I get a picture with your beetle? And then you can bring it outside. Uh, actually, not buggy in Thailand. Like, I never really see beetles. It's just, you know, and even at that open-air food market, zero flies. I don't see a lot of bugs, so that's, that's kind of nice. Uh, and then this is my saddest day at the school. This is not pruning a tree. This is like tree violence, but it was pruning. I'm like, really? So I will let you know if these trees survive. I really don't know. Uh, and then the church. Uh, I was in an all-Chinese meeting. I didn't have to be at the meeting, so I sat in the back with Esther, and we played tic-tac-toe and drew pictures together. So as my little friend. Now this is in church, so I'm preaching here. Uh, the man on the left is the, uh, one of the leaders in the school and the church. I'm going to tell you a story about him in the sermon. Uh, next, uh, so we sing hymns in church, and then also every Sunday there is a youth band that will lead a song in English, and it's a song that, that most of you would know. And uh, so this is a really wonderful way to have the high school students involved in the service. And then my last picture here is uh, me doing a children's sermon. And you can kind of see on the left is the Chinese screen, and on the right is the screen in English. So uh, just very quickly, I know that was uh, fast, but I wanted to share some of these photos with you. Um, I have a few more during my sermon, but uh, at this time, uh, let's bow for a word of prayer, and then I will read today's scripture passage. Let's pray. Mighty and gracious God, we are thankful for the gift of your presence. And we are thankful that each one of us could be present here today. We pray for your blessing on your word. We thank you for the gift of your word. May we have soft hearts to receive from you May we have courage to live out your word in our lives in the year 2024. This we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Uh, we have an Old Testament and a New Testament reading today. Uh, the Old Testament reading, uh, the point of this is to understand God's character of grace. And then, in the New Testament, as we understand God's character of grace through Jesus Christ, what implications does that have on our lives as we are a part of the church? So, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
And then from Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of the others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So uh, the theme of this message today, the church is a Jesus Christ-centered community. And so what I want to do in this message is to explain how Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 reinforces this idea that the church is a Jesus Christ-centered community. And along the way, uh, by a matter of illustration, I want to explain this using lessons I have learned from the Chinese church that Jeannie and I are a part of in the Philippines. And uh, in this passage, we see that a Jesus Christ-centered church is a global community, a loving community, and a committed community. So uh, first, let's consider the church as a global community. From Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, being united with Christ. Now, something that is not stated here in this passage, but it is assumed, is that the church is a global community. In fact, the theme of Acts is currently being lived out. Acts 1.8, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the church is going to grow, the gospel will expand, starting in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when we come to the book of Philippians, more specifically, the church has grown, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Antioch and Syria, the island of Cyprus, Asia, which we would think of as present-day Turkey, and now to Europe, where Philippi is located in. And then obviously, since Philippi, the church has continued to expand across the globe. So, in the background here, as Paul writes... The people understand, the Philippians, these Gentiles in Europe, understand that this movement of God that began in Jerusalem is truly a global community. But it is a global community that is united in Christ. All of these different people, wherever they live, they are united in Christ. So uh, what is the same? about the church wherever it is. It acknowledges God's word is authoritative. It acknowledges that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus is our Lord and Savior, our Redeemer, our Reconciler with God. It is Jesus that sets us on mission for God's kingdom in the world. It is through Jesus that we have hope both now and for eternity. Jesus 
unites the church. Um, when I uh, used to teach 8th grade Bible, we would go over to the book of Acts and we'd talk about the church. And uh, I always loved saying, now I'm going to see if you have a bad church you're attending. And I got the student's attention. I said, if your church doesn't do this, you attend a bad church. Students are like, oh no, either I have a bad church or my Bible teacher is a heretic. I don't know. And I said, you have a bad church if your church does not have the Lord's Supper and baptism. And then all the students breathe a sigh of relief. Now, of course, there's more to church than just that, although this is very important as a part of the church in community. And the Lord's Supper and baptism, what do both of these sacraments do? They point to the redemption, the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, the unifying force of the church. Now, because the church is united in Christ, it does not mean that the church is the same. And my wife and I have seen this very strongly in the last four months. The differences in the church around the world, specifically a Chinese church in Thailand. So uh, let me give you a few of the differences that we have observed. Whenever anybody prays, as they near the end of the prayer, and we pray this in Jesus' name, without saying everything, anything else, everybody enthusiastically and with confidence says, Amen. It took me by surprise at first. Now, I kind of like it. Uh, our church is bilingual. Now, when I first went to Thailand, the task that I was given was to start an English language service. And when I got there, I thought, this is what I need to do. Uh, but after some time there, it seemed to be that the wisest course of action among the church leaders and myself is that they have a bilingual service at this time. We'll see what the future holds. Uh, so that obviously is a difference. And uh, the church has worked very hard at making it bilingual. We've had a few uh, hits and misses along the way because we have two screens going, a Chinese and an English, and sometimes uh, they would get off sync or the Bluetooth mouse of the high school student hitting the English one would get a little wonky, you know, and like, oh wait, what screen are we on? Or sometimes the Chinese hymn would have three verses and the English hymn four verses and what verse are you on? Uh, but by and large, uh, the bilingual has worked out, but it's, it's been different. Uh, something else very different that would never go here. I'm not saying it should. Actually, we should do this after the service today. <laughs> At the end of every service, uh, that's the announcement time. Like after the benediction, nobody leaves. They stay for announcements, which then, okay, that's fine. Uh, but then they ask all the visitors to raise their hands. Okay. But then they bring a wireless mic over to each visitor, have them stand up and introduce themselves. And once the visitor is done, they sit down and everybody applauds. And I'm like, okay, wouldn't work in an American church. People are like, no, no, no. But here it, it works, and it's different, and it's good in that, in that context. I think the visitors, when they get the little applause at the end, they feel kind of encouraged and, uh, and welcomed in that context. Uh, the biggest difference, of course, is just that the main language is Chinese. The culture uh, is Chinese. Uh, differences in the church. Uh, the church... Uh, 
got organized in the last four months. I'll show you a picture of the man who helped organize the church. His name is Wendell Carson, K-A-R-S-E-N, who I think grew up among West Side Dutch. And uh, he spent much of his ministry in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and even started a church in Indonesia. He is now 87 years old, and he and his wife came to Thailand, and he worked with great diligence to establish the church, for which I am very thankful, so that when I return, the church will be established. One thing they got organized was membership. And nobody wanted to become members. I'm like, what? what? This is not that big of a deal. No, no membership. And then realized the reason is because they had all come from the house church in China. And you do not want your name on a list in China of all the Christians associated with the church. So they were not used to the membership thing. But it got explained to them, and then they said, oh, we're committed to the church. Sure, we will become uh, members. In our particular case, they have this associate membership thing, so technically you could be a member of two churches just because our church is more transitory because it's connected with the school. So uh, that was one thing. Then there was the Constitution and Bylaws. Pastor Wendell got kind of a template and uh, met with a group uh, to establish Constitution and Bylaws. And then they brought it to the congregation, and uh, the church just wanted to say, give it to us and we'll say yes. Why? Because they had never voted on anything in a church. It was a foreign concept. So uh, they said, we actually would like to explain what this constitution and bylaws were. I mean, they were like, whatever. But it was explained. Uh, They voted on it, and uh, our church now has guidelines and uh, is well organized. Uh, Another thing is uh, a difference is just the text group. So uh, you often receive a weekly email. Uh, There, every person is a part of a church text group. Uh, So uh, if somebody needs volunteers for something, it just blasts everyone on text immediately. Uh, After a Sunday service, if there's some cute pictures of the kids in children's church, or uh, we have a church meal, little video uh, of of the church meal, this gets posted to the text group. So that was kind of a a different thing for us. Uh, And then lastly, uh, differences, just the whole prior experience of church. So uh, uh, Jeannie and I, our prior experience of church is, is... It's like this, but we were working with people that their prior experience of church was either persecution or the threat, the possibility of persecution. This is what they were coming out of. Uh, One day at the end of a service, um, a woman introduced herself as visiting, and she was there with her two kids, and of course, introducing herself in Chinese. Somebody in the front row uh, translated for me and said uh, her husband is a pastor just released from prison, and uh, China will not allow him to leave the country right now, uh, but she has come to send one of her children to the school there. It's like, wow. Uh, In just a moment, I'm going to show you a picture of a man that I met, Pastor Caleb, pastor and Christian school leader, very small Christian school, and uh, the school was found out by the government and shut down. 
He has a huge fine, does not know what the implications of that will be when he returns to China, and yet he consider, continues to serve the Lord with joy. So just to be with people like that is uh, just a lot uh, different. Uh, before I move on to the next uh, point, uh, this is what our sanctuary looks like. It's in the cafeteria. We have a, a curtain that separates us from the rest of the cafeteria. About uh, 100 attend, both children and uh, adults combined. Um, and this actually is a picture of two high school students doing profession of faith. And I thought that was a, a, a wonderful picture to share with you. So uh, the church is a Christ-centered, Jesus Christ-centered community is a global church. Second, uh, the church of Jesus Christ is a loving church, a loving church. Um, on the left there is the uh, church group that worked with Pastor Wendell on establishing the Constitution and bylaws. Uh, so uh, it's kind of a small, maybe I should have done it bigger, the man in the middle with the white hair, uh, that's uh, Pastor Wendell Carson, and then uh, church leaders around him. Uh, the gentleman on the right is uh, Pastor Caleb. I just told you about him. And uh, in just a moment, I will tell you about uh, Lisa there. And I am dressed in traditional Thai clothing. This was a rented, uh, rented clothing for, uh, I think it was about $15 uh, to rent that. I did not have pockets. I didn't like that. But I felt pretty cool in, in that. Um, anyway, so... A loving community. Uh, verse 2, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. So in this passage, how is love explained? It uses words like uh, uh, fellowship with the spirit, tenderness, compassion, being like-minded because you love one another. We think of 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not rude. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, what's the, what is the lead-off virtue in the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And uh, in, in uh, Colossians 3, uh, lists virtues like kindness, patience, gentleness, forgiveness. And then it says, above all of these put on love, which binds them all together. Uh, in Christian unity. Uh, love seems to be that supreme virtue. Why? Because God is love. So it makes sense that a Jesus Christ-centered community is indeed a loving community. Uh, and with that, I, I want to share a story with you about uh, Lisa, a beautiful story of God's grace. Uh, unlike the other Chinese in our church who have come from China, uh, Lisa uh, and her husband are probably middle, upper, middle class Thai, although she's ethnically Chinese. She's trilingual, Thai, English, Chinese, just really good. I'm like, wow, I wish I could be that. Uh, but anyway, so her children attended the school before it was a Christian school. It was a school uh, that was run by a Singapore group that kind of went out of business. So her children are attending the Singapore school in this building. And the very year that school closed, Bangkok Chicago Christian International School came in and started in that building. So Lisa 
like a lot of other Thai families, just kept their kids in the school. Even though now it's a Christian school, Lisa told me she decided to put her kids in one more year just to reduce the transition, and after that year, she would take them out. Her middle daughter began coming home singing songs about Jesus and the Bible. And particularly her middle daughter, she sensed a change in her, a growth in faith in God, not the Buddhism that she had been raised in. And this touched Lisa's heart. She began to think more about what's going on in the school. So the Chinese church had, had begun, and so she began to, or she started attending the Sisters Fellowship. This is what they call essentially the women's Bible study, uh, where women gather to study and then share about their lives and pray with one another. And when Lisa was in that Sisters Fellowship, the love that was among those women was something she had never experienced before. And through the love of that community that opened her heart to the grace of Jesus Christ, and she fully accepted Jesus Christ into her life. Uh, in November, uh, she asked me to baptize her, and uh, that was a privilege and a joy. And before her baptism, she gave a bold testimony of faith in Jesus Christ, how she had been searching for something in the temples of Thailand and did not find it, but Jesus changed her heart and changed her life. And uh, it came through the loving community of the Sisters uh, Fellowship. Um, I would be remiss if I did not mention the love that Jeannie and I experienced uh, while we were there. Uh, before the church even really knew us, it was just overwhelming concern for us. Uh, what do you need? How can we help you? And uh, we were humbled by this, this care and this, this attention. Um, I uh, had gone through all of the COVID lockdown, all of the COVID year at Timothy Christian, and never got COVID. And then in October in Thailand, I get COVID. I'm like, really? So when Jeannie and I did her a little less than me, um, and it was not bad. Uh, we got over it very quickly. But as soon as the church heard about this, they organized, and, and like you would do as well, the difference is I just felt they didn't really know us, but that didn't matter. They organized and uh, knocked on our door, brought us food, and we were just so well provided for as we recovered. And the love of the church just deeply uh, touched our hearts. Uh, some of uh, uh, the church members live in the building where we live. Uh, and if they're ever in the elevator and I walk in, like their faces light up. They're like, Pastor Mac! And they're like all excited. I'm like, wow, if I have self-esteem problems, it is solved now. But so whenever they see us, so excited uh, to see us. And uh, it has been just a joy uh, to work with them. Uh, one last, uh, one last story of love. Uh, Jeannie had to return before me because her visa had run out. We're, uh, uh, we're getting things worked out so it should be fine when we go back. Uh, so I was there, and my last 
day there, I found myself in a, uh, at a lunch with about 12 Chinese, uh, some Chinese leaders, and interestingly, the leader of the Open Door Ministry from China. So it was kind of cool. Anyway, we're at this uh, very nice lunch. Uh, and uh, they, you don't order a meal, just somebody orders food and you all share, which is kind of cool just to try different food. Uh, so here we are, and at the end of the lunch, we were in a, kind of a private room. Well, we were in a private room. And at the end of the lunch, somebody said, uh, Pastor Mac, this is what they call me, even in school, Thailand is very first name. You respect somebody, but you give them a title. Okay, so the children will say, you know, uh, uh, Teacher Sarah, uh, Teacher Aaron, uh, this way. So it is respect, but uh, first name with a title. Also, it's very polite to ask older women how old they are. <laughs> like, respectfully here, I'm not going to ask you this. There, I do. Why? To show respect. So if someone's older than you, you can respect them. So it's out of respect. Like, I know the, the three oldest uh, ladies at the school. Like, how old they are? Kind of weird. Anyway, uh, so uh, I'm at this lunch. We're at the end. Somebody says, I'm leaving the next day. And so they said, we want to sing a song of blessing for you. And they all broke out in song. And I was so humbled by, by the love of this song. Somebody next to me translated it. I didn't even need that. I had tears in my eyes as I just could sense the love in the room, and when they had finished, they prayed a prayer of blessing on me because I was going to be traveling around the globe, and uh, I just left there going, I am leaving people that genuinely love me, and I'm coming back to people that love me as well, but we're so different, and yet the love is so real. Um, right now, these are just pictures for you, but on the left, I know their names, I have worked with them, and uh, we are, in a very real sense, united in Jesus Christ as a loving community. Uh, lastly, a, a, a church as a Jesus Christ-centered community is also a committed church, a committed church. Uh, this is uh, just a photo of uh, praying for uh, one of the leaders in the church as we were getting the church organized. Uh, Philippians 2, verse 3, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now, obviously, a loving community is naturally going to flow into a committed community. And some markers of a committed community are first, you're not selfish, and you're not full of pride. But you are, most importantly, Christ-like. You're humble, and you eagerly desire, not obligated to, but desire to meet the needs of those around you. You look for needs to meet, and you run toward those needs to meet the needs, to value others, to look out for others' interests. And uh, we have seen a committed community uh, at this Chinese church in Thailand. 
Now, um, they kind of have to be committed. Uh, at great expense and sacrifice, many of them are uprooting families to come to Thailand for Christian education. It's that, that important to them. And so they arrive, and they, they need community. And they're used to committed community in a place where often that community can be persecuted. So uh, the group that we are with is just used to committed community. And uh, some of the ways in which they show this commitment is very practical. Food, uh, caring actions, and prayer. I've explained food, like when we were sick and they brought us food. Uh, Care. Uh, The leader, one of the leaders of the Chinese church Uh, sadly, this fall, his mother uh, passed away. And uh, you all know that if a a parent passes away, you are going to go to the funeral, obviously. But there was a problem here. Uh, He had been a Christian leader in China uh, with a fairly successful uh, Christian family ministry, training Christian families, kind of, like, kind of like a focus on the family, if you're familiar with that. He was, he was involved in this. That meant he was known. So if he went back to China, it was very likely that at minimum, the government would not let him return to Thailand. And uh, in fact, his family, his, his children were like, Dad, do not go. Do not go. We want you as our dad with us. And uh, after a great uh, just back and forth, uh, he did decide, sadly, sadly, it was best for him to stay. And uh, I saw the, the church kick into high gear to care for him and his wife uh, of course, they planned a beautiful service that was, that was Zoomed uh, to China, and uh, just the care was, was over the top, and it was beautiful. Uh, my last story I want to share is just about, is just about prayer, uh, commitment to prayer. Um, on Monday mornings, uh, Chinese parents will gather to pray for the school, and uh, anybody's invited, but so far, it's just from the church that um, I'm a part of that, that meets at the school. Uh, so I went to this prayer meeting, and uh, uh, knowing that I wouldn't understand most of it, but that was fine. It was prayer. We can all pray. So uh, they began with a Chinese song on YouTube, and uh, just all sang along. And uh, then they went through several... Uh, prayer points. So like, let's pray for the church. And one person would pray for the church. Then everybody would just pray out loud, calling out to God for the church. And then as that died down, one person would then conclude in prayer for that time. Uh, well, there's, there was a woman there. Uh, her English name was Hannah. And if you know anything about Hannah from the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and how Hannah prayed. Incidentally, Hannah has a son that she named Samuel. Anyway, so if you know how Hannah prayed, all of a sudden, as we prayed for for families associated with the school, uh, as the prayer time died down, Hannah began to pray. And I will tell you, I have never heard somebody 
call out, cry out to God with such desperation and heartfelt prayer. It was a holy moment. And I'm not saying that you or I need to pray that way, but I'm just saying I felt privileged to be in that prayer setting where I couldn't understand what she was saying, but it didn't matter. We, in, we were united in Jesus Christ, and the care expressed through that prayer, I'm telling you, was powerful. Uh, as I was preparing the sermon, I came across this Christianity Today article entitled, I Do Belong, Help My Unbelonging, uh, by Curtis Freeman. And uh, he writes this, Belonging, then, is not simply a matter of church attendance or even membership. And there are some people that say, oh, I'm, I'm committed to the church because I'm a member and I attend the service. Well, good, but uh, the author continues. It is a covenantal relationship. That's what the body of Christ is. It is a covenantal relationship that is based on trust and commitment. It is deeper than cultural similarities, which is something that I really resonated with. It's deeper than cultural similarities or consumer attraction to a congregation's programming. It is belonging to God and belonging to one another. Uh, in the ties that bind our hearts in Christian love, it's the fellowship of Christian minds. It's the bearing of one another's burdens, sharing the joys and blessings. It's a common journey and a common hope. This sense of belonging, I think we all know. It's not a new message. But what I want to communicate is when you're placed in a position of great differences, the power of that message, the way it impacted Jeannie and I, was unlike anything that I've experienced before. The caring community that is Jesus Christ-centered. So this morning, uh, my point is not, you know, which church is better. My point is not, well, this church needs to become more like this church. That's not the point. Should we humbly seek to learn from one another as Christians? Yes. My point this morning is this. Because the church is a global community, in the year 2024, how might God use you to open up your heart and life to Christians from other churches and even the global community? I know Faith Church, and I know Faith Church is committed to missions. And uh, children and youth pay attention to what goes on in this place about, about the global community, because it does happen here. All I want to say is, how can God do even more through you with the global community? The church is a loving community. So how might God work through this year, through your life, to touch other people with the love of Jesus, with the care of Jesus? I will tell you that on Sunday morning in Thailand, when I get up to preach, having to use a translator with a different culture before me, and people that don't speak my language, something 
unusual happens in my heart. I mean, I think about that. It is not natural. And it is this. I love, honestly, I love the people that I am preaching to. And I think, why do I? Like, we are so different. Why do I love them? And then I realize it is the Spirit of God working in my heart and in their hearts that being united with Jesus Christ is not merely a theological point. It is something that is real and is deep. And in 2024, may the Holy Spirit work through you in supernatural ways to be a blessing to the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Great and mighty God, we are so thankful that you are a God of relationship, a God of community, a God of people. And we are thankful for how you have started the people of God thousands of years ago in the family of Abraham. And we are thankful, O oh God, for how your people, through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, has now today reaches the corners of our globe. We pray, O oh Lord, that each one of us in this new year, simply may each one of us be a blessing to both the church local and the church global. Use us, O oh God, for your kingdom purposes in the church. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Amen.